Welcome everyone uh, back to Come Read With Me. I'm Rev Chris and I'm with my good friend and guest, David Ingle. It's good to be back. Uh, David's from burningheart.org. I'm sure you all know that already. And um, we uh, took a break. We had a Q&A session last week. I hope you enjoyed that. And thank you for everyone that submitted questions and to anyone that um, did submit and didn't get asked. I'm sorry, we can't answer them all, but maybe we will do it again in the future. And um, it was fun actually, it was good fun to do that. So um, um, yeah, we'll see what the future brings with doing that again. We are on John 13. Indeed. Uh, and this is exciting because we're leading up towards now the resurrection, mm. um, the crucifixion and the resurrection passages of John, which are beautiful. So excited for what um, we're going to get into. Mm. So welcome. Um, come read with me and David. Right. Um, let's start with a prayer. Father, thank you for your word, which is a light to our path, a lamp to our feet. Thank you, Lord, that... Whatever we are going through or wherever we find ourselves, we can come to your word. We can find solace and strength and wisdom. And Lord, I pray that we would find that today, that you would help us to read, engage, understand, um, and to, yeah, to just grapple with your word, to inwardly digest it and to see fruit in our hearts and our lives from this time. And I pray, Lord, for everyone listening or watching on YouTube, um, just pray you bless them that they may know that they're loved, that they're, they stand in you, Lord Jesus, and um, you are the rock of salvation. To you be praise and glory forever. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Great. Shall we, uh, shall we just crack in? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah. So John uh, chapter 13, um, and um, let's go. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Stop there, I think. I mean, it's it's amazing stuff, isn't it? I mean, this is the, as as you well know, this is the start of a of one of the longest chunks, um, possibly the longest chunk of teaching mm. that we have from Jesus that goes from chapter 13 to chapter 17. Mm. It's at what's sometimes known as the Last Supper. Mm. Um, and yet it starts with this with this action. And mm. and I've I, I found recently that when I read this, I've tried to look at the bits that seem unexpected, mm. like because it's quite a well-known story. Jesus washing his disciples' feet, mm. um, and it's it's an incredibly menial and lowly task that he does. Mm. Uh, and the 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 bit that really hits me is is when 
it says Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power, that he'd come from God and was returning to God. So you've got this, yeah. this huge, like Jesus is God. Um, yeah. Jesus has got all authority and you expect the, and so therefore he went off and told people what to do or demonstrated his power, the miracle or something like that. But it then says, so he got up from the meal, mm. took off his outer clothing and, and he washes their feet. Yeah. And, it's kind and of it's crazy. Like, yeah. I am so almighty mm. that what I'm going to do is, mm. is take the lowest position and mm. to sort of humble myself. Yeah. It's like this on the one hand, he's saying, he, knowing everything is in his power, knowing yeah. that he's like King of Kings, Lord of Lords, he's a true God and all authority is given him. He then washes yeah. the defeat, which is like the lowest place. So just for those who don't know the context of, you know, you, you, if you are uh, relatively like, I suppose, middle class, or even mm. if you're getting richer, you might have house servants, but the lowest servant in the house, there were ranks of servants. Yeah. So the one who tended to your close to you and your clothing and things like that. And then it went down to cooks and da, 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 da. And eventually the lowest of the low was the one who would wash your feet when you came in from outside. Mm. Cause it was seen as such a low task that he would be the one who would, um, if you went to a guest's house, you know, mm. someone might offer, a person might offer you oil for your head um, and um, washing of your hands. And then someone might go as far as washing your feet to say welcome. Mm. And that was the lowest of the low. And here Jesus is basically saying, I am this the lowest of the low, the lowest servant. And, mm. and, and I suppose it, 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 he says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And, mm. it, and it's like, this is what it looks like. It's a sort of, mm. it's a parable, I suppose, of the cross that is going to come, mm. but an acted parable that Jesus goes to the very depths of, mm. of lowliness. And he does that for us. And, and, and loving mm. us and and it just i think it it then gives you the lens through which you you read everything else that's going to happen in the rest of the gospel mm. all the teaching mm. um that's coming in the next few chapters <clears throat> the the trial the crucifixion the resurrection of of this sort of juxtaposition of 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 god humbling himself in order to love us and I, just, I find it really moving and, yeah. and really beautiful. I had, a, I had a, um, really interesting one of my, so there's two services that I love in, in throughout the year. Um, Dave and I are part of the Anglican communion and, um, I, um, you know, part of our tradition and history within the church is to have, um, occasional services and in, mm. during in Easter and Pentecost and different things. So two that I, I, I really love are, uh, ash wednesday when you lead up to easter when you do the ashing and it's quite humble service and you ash people um and the second is monday thursday which mm. is basically this a celebration of the washing of the yeah. feet and um i we always do it in our church it's, it's very poorly attended like maybe eight people nine people come yeah but, we used to do it in yeah, our church. exactly and, the same but i remember one year i did it a couple of years ago and um a a homeless man walked mm. in and um, he sat down and he he uh, was kind of little, probably like I think an alcoholic. It wasn't terribly like all over the place or anything, but he came into the church obviously a bit disheveled and he sat down as I was doing the service. And then it came to the washing of the feet. And uh, I said to him, would you like to come forward? Can I, can I wash your feet? And he was like, you want to wash my feet? And he was like, you can't wash my feet. Don't wash, don't, don't wash my feet. And it was like this really powerful moment where um, I was able to, and he did come forward and I sat him down and I was able to, you know, take his shoes and socks off and wash this man's feet. And he was like, you can't do this to me. And it was just really powerful. And I was like, it was such a gift mm. for me to be able to serve this man in this way. Um, and I really, it really felt like Christ was there. That yeah. like the, in this man, I was able to um, serve Christ. Mm. I was washing Jesus' feet. And it, it was really powerful. I still remember it was years ago and it was um, in St. Saviour's here. And um my warden was there and afterwards he was like, he was like, wow, that mm. was amazing. I was like, yeah, it really was amazing. And, and actually you will have got much closer than most services do to, to the experience that Jesus would have had. Mm. Cause of course they were wearing sandals, mm. dusty rays. I mean, mm. everyone's feet would have been horrible. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, whereas when, Every time I've done this service, you know, everyone's what you know, before you come to the service, you, you know, wash your yeah, feet you put and your best you socks kind of, on. <laughs> you, you know, the, the ladies paint their nails, you know, all, you know, clean pair of socks, and it's all, all, all very lovely. Um, 
Uh, and yet, even then, I found it very moving. And and there's there's something you know. People often, when they preach on this passage, say, "Well, you know, what does it look like to serve people in a lowly way today?" And and you know, we think of all the sort of the ministries of of the church and individuals about how we can sort of serve and bless other people. Mm. But the bit that you miss if you go off and do a social action project mm. or serve in a food bank or, or whatever else it might be, mm. although those things are brilliant mm. is there's something very personal about washing someone's feet yeah yeah and i've always found it very moving and it was interesting um in our church we started doing this service but rather than it being what is classically done where the the vicar washes mm. everyone's feet mm. um we would we would sort of almost do it circularly so every person in the congregation would have their feet washed and every person in the congregation would wash someone else's feet mm. um and both are, are very very moving mm. um and there's there's something about realizing n n that this isn't just i suppose this isn't just a generalized love mm. jesus i think sometimes when we sort of do things to sort of help and look after the poor or as i say sort of yeah. social action ministry, which are wonderful they can be a little abstract in our minds mm. but this is this is really i mean jesus is washing their feet yeah amazing um and it's just it's beautiful i um just i i find it also interesting peter's reaction again <laughs> yeah, peter yeah. getting it wrong and I, I i definitely see echoes in his response to jesus um in the in the way that he responds to jesus other times when he gets it wrong so mm. classically when uh jesus starts talking about uh i'm gonna go to the cross and die and and, mm. and he's like no this can't happen to you and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, you are, you know, he's thinking of things of the world and not of mm. God. Here, I see that again in Peter, like there's this echo with it, which is, you know, and Peter's like, no, you, you know, I'm not, you can't wash my feet. I, I hear that voice of the enemy, mm. you know, don't wash my feet. The, you know, the world's coming in on Peter again. Mm. And, and Jesus is saying, you know, it's quite strong. Unless I wash your feet, you have no part mm. with me. Again, it's like you... You know, it's that, it's that, again, no, Peter, you are trying to put your own understanding yeah. on this. You need to just basically shut up and let me do this action and you will understand later or whatever. Like, just allow me to do this and receive this in this moment. Um, and actually, there's a humility. In, yeah. I mean, one of the moving things about those services we've been talking about is it, it's quite difficult to have someone wash your feet, actually. Mm. You feel quite awkward. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's and actually, intimate. It's intimate. It, it, and and yeah. sometimes, yeah, if I wash like the girl's feet in my church, I'm like, I'm like, this has to be in no way odd. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It has to be like, this is a servant thing, not yeah. a, yeah. But, but I think that um, it, it, it takes humility in a strange way to accept Jesus as well mm. and to accept mm. Jesus's forgiveness and to allow the King God to serve me. Mm. And I think Peter... Peter is kind of grappling with that. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, you, you, you say he gets it wrong, but he gets it wrong in a way that is also a great blessing to us because the yeah. teaching that Jesus does here, yeah. I mean, it is so profound, this, this idea that you've already had a bath, you've already been washed. And as you know, the sort of the context would be if you'll get out to dinner in the ancient world, you'd have your bath, you'd, you'd put your sort of perfumes on, you'd be, you'd be looking great, but it would only be your feet that got muddy. And I've I've always you can challenge me on this I've got it wrong but I've always understood this that what Jesus is saying is that you know Peter and and those of us who are Christians we're we're, we're saved we've had our bath we've been forgiven but over the course of life we just pick up all kinds of rubbish in mm. in sin and and there's something beautiful about how you know we are forgiven on a sort of full and total sense but we do also need to confess and be washed clean of the sort of little things that we do wrong along the way interesting i don't think i think of it like that i think okay. it, i think i see it as an example of what it means to love beyond measure so mm. it's like you're clean and i don't really need to do this for you but i'm doing it for you because i'm taking you even further and deeper into what it means to serve and love and lay down mm. so it's like he's he's teaching them about um unbridled love and you know it's just like he's like wait what it's not to do with the fact that you're clean or dirty mm. it's to do with the fact of this is what sacrificial love looks like it's it's going 
beyond even what you think you need. It's going further and further and further. I don't know. It's. I think it's meant to be gobsmackingly like. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm going to agree with you on yeah. that, but I am still going to hold on, hold to my my thing because okay. I. I think there is a sense that you know they I did. Think you're need, right. We they do. Did need we their, do. They did need, yeah. need their feet washed, but sort of the whole body was clean. Mm. Um, and I suppose it, it's been a sort of um, it's been quite profound to me i mean and mm. even if i've misunderstood this i think that the, the lesson sometimes i've drawn is right yes i remember as a teenager i used to get quite worried mm. what happens if i die when i'm mm. sinning <laughs> okay yeah um you, you know you know i'm driving along in a car and i'm just sworn at someone you know who's cut me up and i'm really yeah. cross and then suddenly i have a crash and i die and i haven't had a chance to repent and be forgiven David, and, okay. And, and, and then realising, actually, you know, that's not how it works. No, you know, yeah. God has forgiven me. Yeah. And even if I die in my worst moments, God has still forgiven me. Yes. And I'm still on, on my way to be in eternity with with him. Mm. So, I've you know, I've had my bath because of the cross. The cross is where I have my bath, total forgiveness. But I do sometimes, more See. often than I'd like, do things I shouldn't do, you sure. know. Um, I've just driven driven up to yours this morning um uh, from my my house and there was a couple of times when somebody cut me off and i was like Argh! and you know maybe wasn't quite as holy in my response as i should have been and i repent and no forgiveness and so there's that sort of anyway I, i'm still gonna say i think that's a that's a good uh, conclusion to draw from it <laughs> fine fine i mean <laughs> he's, he's not convinced I would, no i know I, I i mean I, I get the premise we still sin yeah I just wonder if worrying, and I think you've reformed that understanding. I think if you, if you're worrying about, oh, what if I do this? You're you're putting a lot of your, in a way, your salvation on yourself. And I think the point of this is to, is to take your eyes off you and to see the extent of God's love. I don't know. So, but I, but I suppose what I'm saying is, when I read this, is you are. He says to them, um, those who've had a bath. Yeah, you, know, you are clean though not every one of you and obviously talking yeah, about Judas yeah. so there's a there's a sense that I, I know that I'm saved yeah, uh, I mean, and, and that that understanding as a teenager that stressed me out was wrong understanding yes. and this was one of the passages that helped, helped me to you. sort of say actually yeah. I'm rooted in Christ and it's not on the basis of my works and my good efforts and my holiness or, or right, that, right, that, right. that I'm saved okay. but it, it helped me to understand as well but that doesn't mean that when I do mess up it doesn't matter. I should still. He cleanses I, your feet. I, I even. still need to confess. I still yeah. need to be washed clean. Mm. Sort of. In that Amen. Way. Amen. I mean, th some people might use this towards the idea of purgatory, then, which I know no, will, no, will no, trigger no, you. No, no, <laughs> no, will no, trigger no, you. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, cool. Let's ca let's carry on. We used to spend a lot on that. It's just it's a great passage. It's a great passage. Um, verse eighteen. I am not. Ref I am not referring to all of you. I know those I've chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth. Whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which one of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I've dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What, are you, what you are about to do, do it quickly, Jesus told him. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. Mm, lots of stuff going on here. You, you know, they turned his heel against him is an interesting mm. thing. And um, if you show someone your heel, apparently it's a uh, it's a sign mm. that you don't like them or you're against them, and, mm. um, uh, or you're you know a problematic. But I saw yeah. a, a, a painting once, and it, in a painting, if you ever see a portrait of a painting, if you see the heel of the person in the painting, the artist is saying something apparently. Okay. Subtle. 
I saw a painting in in Ireland um, where one of the was one of the MPs or someone okay. who was a little bit of a controversial figure. He had his <laughs> he had his heel up towards the painter, and it's like as if he was doing this to society to people. Yeah. And so anyway, it's an interesting thing if you have your heel up, reference to. I mean, betrayal. I, again, I mean, I find the the betrayal. I mean, just it must have been so heart wrenching for Jesus that this man that he loved. Um, mm. betrayed him mm. but then what's almost more amazing to me is that Jesus knows that this is going to he's just washed Judas's feet yeah he's he's just done this act of yeah. sacrificial lowly humble love to Judas knowing mm. that Judas is the guy that's going to betray him mm. so I, I don't know when Jesus knew I mean it's possible Jesus God told Jesus you know, the father told Jesus before he even called Judas that Judas was the one. But I'm just so blown away that even the one who has set himself against Jesus as his mm. enemy. And by this stage, we know that, that Judas has already done the deal with the, the, the high priests, mm. I think. Um, so it's, you, you know, it, it's happened. He's chosen to be Jesus's enemy and Jesus still chooses to love him. And I think that is beautiful. Yeah, it's it is mind-boggling and this is the this is the evening where he instituted the last supper yeah as well and john doesn't record it mm. i wouldn't in the other gospels is judas there for that or is he left by then i don't think it's clear yeah i don't know um but one I, of the things i, I to, don't know I, it might be clear i just mm. i can't remember one of the things to take away i suppose is that in essence at this moment he hasn't done the action you know, so it's even God, Jesus knows he will, but he hasn't done it mm. yet. So he's not holding it against him in a way. He's like, he's, he, he, you know, that's one of the crazy compassions of God and the mercy of Christ is mm. like when he heals someone, or he does something, he doesn't heal them with the knowledge that they will never sin again. He might tell them don't mm. sin again, but, um, he, he, his healings and his gifts of compassion are met in the very present moment mm. with people. They're not balanced out, it seems, with some kind of future. Um, yeah, I know you're going to mess it up, so I won't yeah, bother. Yeah, exactly. Like, it'll just be, I healed. Mm. And, he, you know, sometimes it says, and he healed all those present. He didn't measure it by, oh. So it's kind of humbling in the way of, sometimes we we, we think people deserve healing or not deserve mm. healing. And, and that isn't how Jesus operated. He no, just, Jesus shows love to the one who showed, does not deserve it. Who's just about to go and betray yeah. him. I mean, although it's interesting when you when you say that about love, I I often think, I obviously the Bible doesn't help me, but I mm. think Jesus would have forgiven Judas. You do, and and I think I mean it's slightly straying on to the next bit, but in the next bit he predicts Peter's failure, and this is a chapter that we have mm. Judas's failure and Peter's failure sort of put next to one another. And I mean, obviously, Judas's failure is worse. You know, it's worse to actively betray than just yeah. simply. But but you have both failures, and 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 in some ways, I think the biggest difference is that Peter seeks Jesus' forgiveness. Repents, you know, yeah. Peter repents, and Jesus forgives him. And I think even Judas, I think, if he had not chosen to take his own life, mm. um, and and that's a whole another mm. sort of passage and, and question. But if if he if he'd been alive and he'd sought Jesus's forgiveness, I think he would have received it. And and I, in much the same way as Jesus on the cross cries out, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what mm. they do." And you're like, you you are killing him, mm. and he still wants your best. Mm. He still loves you. I mean, mm. it's oh, wow. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the mercy of God. Mm. I mean, there's there's another interesting thing here as well, which is that Judas has already decided what he's going to do, mm. and Jesus, um, kind of has this exchange with him. Yeah. Um, but it, it it then says in verse 27, as soon as Jesus, Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. Yes. And there's this kind of, there, there's this strange interplay yeah, between yeah, yeah. The, the sort of the foreknowledge of God, the yeah. decisions of, of, of mm. Judas, mm. and as it were, kind of the work of Satan. Um, and I think that, I, I suppose I highlight it because I think, Judas has made the decision to betray Jesus. Yeah. But there's a moment when, as it were, mm. him having opened the door to evil, 
him having opened the door to Satan that sort of Satan takes over completely. Um, and I think that's an, an interesting kind of nuance to the way that John writes this, that sort of, you know, this is the moment of no return, as it were, sort of say, sort of uh, you, you, almost as though Ju Judas has now done a deal with, with the devil. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now he's, he's completely under the devil's influence, but, but he didn't get there because the devil somehow is able to take control of people. He got there because he opened himself up to, um, yeah. the temptations and wickedness of, of, of Satan. It's as if, um, in the moment, you know, his, like you said, it says, it says what you are about to do. Yeah. Do it quickly. So it's like you have made this decision. Yeah. And in a way, part of, part of God's judgment, part of maybe, you know, using the word wrath is a scary mm. word. Isn't God actually doing a thing, but actually that in a sense, drawing back from your, drawing back from you and allowing mm. you to the things that you've decided to do you're going to do and i'm drawing back from you now you're you're stepping out of my grace yeah you are choosing to move away and i will not stop you i will then i will draw back from you now mm. and uh, it's as if that is happening he's you, you've just right, i'm giving you this bread you've decided to do it mm. so go yeah and i'm now drawing back from you mm. and that's it's scary. I mean, there's a beautiful passage in Romans 1 where um, Paul talks about um, the wrath of God being revealed yeah. against the sins of mm. humanity. Mm. And the way it's revealed is God gave them over yeah, to, exactly. to their own sinful desires. And he draws and, back. And it's funny because we often think, well, what, as it were, what the world wants from God is often that God just leaves us to yeah. do things as we see fit. Mm. But actually, Jesus knows and God knows and the Bible shows us that that's that's kind of the worst judgment in some some ways um mm. to to be to be given over to to our own sinfulness yeah um and and yeah you're right. and i this think is that's a, the, that ultimately comes down to that free will that yeah. you know that the, the honoring that god says your will is your great mm. the great gift that i've given you is your ability to choose to create or destroy to you have this choice mm. you are in a sense godlike you can yeah. do these things um but with that will come great consequence and uh, I don't know, it's kind of like you, a father, you know, with children, like, don't go over there. I've told yeah. you, don't go over there, you know. And then it's like, you know, don't don't go over there and, you know, and do, do, come over here and play and da 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 And then, you know, if a child just, just going, uh, in, in a sense, it sounds odd, but it's like the parent going, well, you have to make your choice now. Yeah. And, you you know, you're choosing to walk over to, mm. you know, the cliff edge and go, I, you know, I don't want you mm. to do that. But you have the choice. I mean, it makes me think there's, I think it was C.S. Lewis who, who, who put it like this, that sort of at the end of time in eternity, either we say to God, thy will be done, mm. or God turns to us and says, okay, thy will be done. Yeah. 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 Lord have mercy. <laughs> Amen. Um, okay. It's interesting, by the way, you pointed out the dualist, dualism between the two two betrayals. I had not thought about that ever. And I think that's really interesting that they're both mm. here, Peter alongside Judas. So let's, let's go into that now. When he was gone, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the son in himself and will glorify him at once. A lot of glory. So again, a lot of glory, a lot of glories. <laughs> Hallelujah. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me and Jesus you will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Well, it's, oh, it's prediction of his denial. Sorry, yeah. not his actual denial. Mm. Um, yeah. Interesting. It's as if like Jesus knows this is the, this is crunch time. There's going to be a sieving 
of his disciples yeah. and he's like all right judas is gone peter is next mm. on on the you know enemy's agenda mm. and it's like jesus knows it's really interesting he's like he's like i'm coming towards the this big time and uh, in a sense i he's been warned or knows or however yeah. he's like there's this disciple shaking up and mm. i'm gonna get each one of them somehow and he knows this I can't remember where it says, but there's 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 somewhere in one of the gospels where where Jesus turns to Peter and says, I think shortly before this, yeah, Satan, has, Satan has asked to yeah. to sift you, yeah. and and I've prayed for for, for you. Yeah. you know, essentially, I, yeah. I can't remember it exactly, but essentially, you're gonna be tempted. It's gonna be bad, but I've prayed for you, and we'll get through this. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't I don't know if he actually gives him the affirmation that you will get through this he's like i've prayed you will yeah come back or yeah, something okay. something like that yeah yeah no it's it's interesting isn't it it's mm -hmm. like jesus just knows that this is happening and then ultimately in the in the thing everyone flees as well you know it's just like oh mm. it's interesting just to think about it um and then the obviously the commandments you know jesus isn't often given a command giving commandments yeah and this is his command love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another. And he, he returns to that theme of love a, a, a little bit later in the in the same discussion as well, I think in chapter yeah. 15. Um, but here, I suppose it's just been demonstrated. I mean, you know, we've, it was now, you know, 10 minutes ago, probably that we were talking about the the, the foot washing, but it's probably like a minute ago mm. that he finished mm. washing yeah, exactly, their feet. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. You go and do, do that. But how or, does that look like in the church today, David? You know, like there's so much division in the church. There's so much pain and brokenness and Christian against Christian and left and right. And, you know, if Paul was around, we'd probably get a letter, <laughs> you know, and he'd talk about why we're ununified. Mm. Um, he'd also, I think, probably rebuke us on some of our thinking and doing. and um, Because I think, you know, that sense of, how do we love? Um, I just think we're just, you know, because he goes on by this. All men will know you're my disciples. I mean, one basically one of the great missional and evangelistic kind of, you know, declarations of Jesus is by unity and love. Yeah. You'll be missional and evangelistic. And it's just really sad. I think it's interesting, though, that you say unity and love. Mm. Um I think one of the things that I'm really challenged, just as you say that, yeah, um, by, is even loving in disunity. Yes, because mm. also we've just had Judas mm. go. Mm. So mm. Jesus is not, Jesus is not saying just accept anything, anything goes, just yeah. aff affirm what everybody says. Yes, but you can't get anybody who was more way off than judas yeah you know Ju judas has totally betrayed yeah. jesus and mm. jesus still washed his feet mm. so i suppose part of me is thinking what what does it look like to love the person who's betrayed me mm. um more than just trying to keep the unity of the church more than just a sort of maybe a superficial you know let let's keep an institutional unity or let's let's sort of try and rub along together mm. it, it's a you've betrayed me i'm going to die because of it but i'm still going to love you and and you know so those people who've completely rejected the church or those people who've who who have come who, who have got it wrong so spectacularly that 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 sort of they're they're they're, they're ripping apart the whole fabric of what we believe or or even things like that i'm still told to love that person and what does that look like or you know, is I suppose it, you know. Interesting if somebody rips your part on on Instagram, you know, yeah. you you probably had it more than me because you're bigger on Instagram. Yeah, you know, there must yeah. have been trolls who've who've come sure. after you and said, bah! And, yeah. and you know, what what we tend to do is we we retreat into our camps and we we fight each other. At, you know, in our little echo chambers, we say how wonderful we are and how villainous they are, and we 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 lob grenades over things. And I suppose Jesus' example here would be. That person is 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 opposed to me. That person is hating me, doing horrible things to me. But I will still love them. 
Um, and I suppose, what does it look like? I suppose the first thing is not to send back hor- horrible messages yeah. to them, not to to be trolls ourselves mm. going the other way. But it's obviously got to be more than that. And I, I'm not sure I've got the answers, but I'm feeling quite challenged by that. Interesting you took it that way because Judas, for instance, just to clarify, he had not betrayed Jesus yet. Yes, right? but he is in the process. I mean, he's now left. He's, and gone. he's, he's, he's gone to do it, right? So in a sense, he's tempted. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's by intem- this point, he might already be at the high priest's house saying, right, I've got him, come and, come and get him. Well, sort of thing. The, the, the point is that, I, I mean, my point is, interesting that you took it that way, because he's left, Judas has left, and then Jesus says, love one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm not having no, you know, I'm verbally thinking this through, you know. Um, um, kind of verbal processor. It's just, I thought when you said that you were going to go the other way. It's just, in a sense, Judas is outside now. He's left. He's okay. denying. Mm. And then Jesus is like, right, you guys love one another, unity. And it's like within the church self. Mm. Obviously, I think we're called to love the world because that's, you know, God so mm. loved the world. Um, and uh, that is part of it. It's just, how do we serve and love one another within the church mm. even when we have disruption and denial and it's just uh, so I, you, I thought so you, i thought you were going to say he's saying that but he's just allowed judas to go oh so a little bit like okay he's waited to say this until now the disciples who are left are the true ones as it were um because i suppose one of the challenges of you know mm. we should love people who are within the church yeah is we know from some of Jesus' parable, like the parables of the wheat and the weeds, yeah. where we know that many of the people who are physically in the church yeah. are not actually part of the spiritual church of Jesus Christ. There's always been wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. There's always been people who aren't truly followers of Jesus at, at all levels of the church, like Judas, mm-hmm. one of the apostles. And, and I suppose one of the real questions is is if we if we take it in that sense okay well what we're called to do is to love one another and i think you are right and i mm. now thinking back to things that you know we we often make our love very outward focused we're very mm. good at doing social action projects for everyone mm. out there we're very good at saying love your neighbor who's not part of the church mm. but this is that you love one another it's yeah. so so there is that level of, of loving people within the church that we're called to start with our fellow christians and yeah. then overflow where there is whereas often we can be lovely to everyone else and horrible to our fellow christians and mm. there's a huge challenge there and mm. that challenged me and my mind's racing but at the same time we're on quite shaky ground if if we set ourselves up as the person who decides who's in the church and who's not. I agree. Um, and and yet we're also so we're called to love one another, but yet also we're called to be clear on what Jesus teaches. So there's mm. a there's yeah, a th- th- there's a challenge there. And I suppose mm. where where I was going with it is we, we do need to love our, our fellow Christians, and it it's not. I I, I suppose I'm thinking. It's not for us to decide he's in, he's out, she's mm. she's good, she's Bad, you know, yeah. so and so on and so forth. But 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 actually, we're meant to love everyone. But then maybe there's a particular call to love those who are in the church, and, and then let that overflow. Um, but I suppose what I'm saying with my reflections on Judas is, um, let's love too many people rather than too few people. I suppose is yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's move on. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, chapter 14. This is a wonderful passage mm. now. Um, little echoes of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find it's the other way around. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's still from the Bible. <laughs> anyway, um, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, You would know my father as well. 
From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who's, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. It goes on, but let's just stop oh, there. So much there, that so much. There. <laughs> Going uh, a little bit back to the beginning, this is a this is a classic um, funeral passage as well. Yeah. Uh, often in funerals, you know, in my father's house, there are many rooms. A very comforting thought. Mm. Like, what's he saying there? He's saying, like, I'm preparing places for you. And um, there are many places, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, There are many places for you to come and I'll prepare it for you. And but I'll also bring a home. You a home, yeah. And I'll bring you to where I am. Mm. Um, and I just think, I think that's beautiful. And, um, yeah, that's, yeah. Ugh. And then, of course, we have this wonderful and profound teaching, which I think is um, the one thing that, you know, Christians believe that is quite, in a way, costly when you say it. Um, the world doesn't like to look and doesn't like it when we make, in a sense, like truth um, mm. What's the word I'm looking for? Exclamations? True. Exclusive. Exclusive stuff. Mm. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, yeah, let's just pause there to hold that because mm. such a it's such a profound Christian concept mm. that, you know, there are other faiths and other religions and love and respect, and you can definitely learn something of the mercy and grace of God from seeing and, and other faiths and how they practice. There are some things there, but you know, the, the claim of Christianity is clearly Jesus. Yeah. Jesus and and I suppose we, we need to acknowledge as well. I mean, even as I think all of us have echoes of God in us mm. and many people of other faiths are mm. better people than I am. Mm. Um, loving, gracious, good friends. Mm. We do believe that their religion mm. is wrong mm. and the only true mm. religion, the mm. only true faith, the only true way to God, the only way we can get there mm. is through through Jesus. Yeah. And, and I think we, we struggle with that. People often say, well, that's really arrogant. You yeah. think that you're right. In some ways, actually, I want to push back and say it's very humble because it, it's simply saying, I, I don't know the way except through Jesus. Yeah. We we can't find our way to mm. God. Mm. I suppose all the other religions of the world try to find their way to God. Mm. And here we see, we'll, we'll maybe come on to it in a moment, Jesus showing us that he is God, mm. that he is one with the Father. Mm. And it is only when God comes to us that we find the way to to him and there's actually an arrogance in saying no yeah we can work it out and and lots of us have worked it out mm. that 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 that's not right that, that jesus is very clear no you can't get to god the yeah. only way to god is i god have come to you mm. and you can come through me and if you lo if you logic it out like step step take a step back so a christian claim is jesus is the only way mm. um you know and perhaps a someone from another faith like um islam would say well no muhammad is the only way and that that's what they would be and you have to respect you know the difference and you respect mm -hmm. the fact that well we disagree on this but someone from a maybe a more worldly view would say oh no 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 neither of you can make exclusive claims you know everyone mm -hmm. all roads lead to the same way there is you know um truth in 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 the ways that you come in different ways to god yeah. um 
But that in itself is still an exclusive claim. Yeah. You're saying that you're saying that that is your understanding, and therefore it must be imposed on everyone else. It's still an exclusive claim to you, your mm. understanding. You know, so it's yeah. kind of interesting when you do challenge that thought and go, "Well, no, you're, that's still a, that's still yeah, your claim. Is. That's still what you're saying, and I'm simply saying something different. Um, <laughs> I'm saying it's Jesus. So I don't know. Sometimes I feel like if you really look at it different, you know, kind of stepping back for a moment, then everyone has some sort of exclusive claim. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it sounds jarring and unpopular when you say, mm. no, this is when you're quite clear about your exclusivity. But I, I think one of the reasons for it is because I think, I think there's a sinfulness in all of us that we want to be in control. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a famous parable that is told of that, you know the idea of we're all talking about the same god you'll know the the parable of it's the parable of the blind men and the elephant and oh, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a group of blind men and, and one of the and they're all around an elephant and one of them says ah oh, um an elephant is like a tree yeah because they're holding the elephant's legs yeah. the next one says oh no an elephant is like a snake because they're holding the trunk. elephant's trunk yeah another one says it's like a spear because they're holding a tusk and so on and so yeah. forth and and the sort of the moral of the story is, you know, they're all talking about the same thing, but yeah. their 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 knowledge is incomplete. Yeah. And I suppose the Christian faith says, yes, but now the elephant has spoken. Yes. And the elephant has told you who, I'm an elephant. who, who they who they are <laughs> yeah. and has explained it to you. And there's a real arrogance that says, No, yeah. I refuse yeah. to accept God. God's own revelation of himself. Yes. I demand to be in charge of my own journey to God. Mm. Um, and, and I think that, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I suppose, it's, it's, you know, a lot of other faiths do acknowledge, uh, you know, Jesus in some ways, like, um, Buddhism would say that there's a sense of like, he, he is like a new, a Buddha and mm. he's found Nirvana. Um, I think Hinduism would say that he is an avatar of God, mm. that like the other avatars, like God has taken form as Jesus, but then would deny some, would ch so they recognize him and Islam would see him as a prophet. And um, uh, so they, they all kind of say, oh yeah, you worthy of respect, listen to him. And, and, and he says things. And then the thing is, as Christians, we say, well, well what did he say? What did he mm. say about himself? You know, and, and quite clearly, as in this passage, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No one comes to the Father. I am in the Father. The Father is in me. I and the Father are mm. one. Before Abraham was, I am. I mean, actually... You know, he's making all these claims about himself. It's like, if you listen to what he says, you can't just, you know, you can't just say, oh, he's mm. good, and he was like a, a prophet. It's like, if you're, gonna if you're going to think that, then what did he say? Mm. And you have to take what he said seriously, and what he says is, I'm yeah. God. And... And and that then hits us with the decision, you know, do you say yes and amen? Yeah. Or do you say no, I'm I'm gonna stick on my own on my own understanding. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna insist. And I think that there's something very beguiling about, oh well, you know, other faiths respect him. Mm. But but actually, I mean I sometimes think of, of Islam, which recognizes him as a prophet, yeah. but is so outraged yeah. and adamant that he can't be God. Yeah. And actually it is a very, very clear no mm. from islam mm. towards what jesus said about himself and and both can't be right mm. um and you know I, I was sort of trying to think of a um think of an, an an analogy um it sort of makes me think a little bit about you know when 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 you fancy someone uh, when you're a little bit younger and you sort of you maybe this never happened to you but you you, you ask a girl out <laughs> I'm intrigued, you, you sort of say oh you you know whatever it is you, you know and 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 i've definitely had those moments when when the girl then turns around and says oh you know that's really sweet of you yeah. but um I, i'm not interested in that i i, I really love you i think you're great in yeah. fact i remember a girl um saying oh you know i love you but not yeah. in that way. Yeah. You know, I, I love you as a brother. Yeah, yeah. And and in that moment, you don't think, oh, isn't it lovely that she loves and respects me and mm. that she thinks I'm a great guy. You're like, no, I I want it to be more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose Jesus is asking us for more than mm. just a vague, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. He's saying, will you follow me? I mm. am your Lord and Saviour. Will you acknowledge that? Mm. And with him, there's no, there's no halfway. Mm. Amen. 
Um, just moving on sl- slightly, in, in, unless you were going to... No, but, no, but, um, no, carry on. One of the things I love about this passage we've just read and then running through um, chapters 15, 16 and 17 mm. is the way in which Jesus talks about himself and the Father. Yeah. Um, and and if you go through it, and I don't, think we've, I don't think we've got time to do it now, but if you do a word study and you look at the pronouns mm. and you find that sometimes Jesus talks very clearly, there's the the or not just the pronouns, but how he talks about himself and the father, there's the father and there's Jesus and the, the distinctiveness of them comes out very clearly that mm. there is, if you like two persons here of mm. what we would say the Trinity, but sometimes he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Mm. Sometimes he says, I and the father are one. Mm. Sometimes he talks about, we will make our home with someone. Sometimes he talks in the first person of, of him and the father together. Mm. And it is one of those passages where if you if you read it closely, looking for this, you see both the oneness and the threeness of God, or in this part, the, the two-ness of the mm. Father and the Son, sort of coming together in the same place. And it, it's one of the, the most beautiful places for beginning to have, I suppose, what you might call a working understanding of the Trinity. Well, I think that's actually in the next bit when he starts talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, OK, we get all three and the working understanding. Of the, mm. But I suppose what I'm saying is he never actually sort of codifies it like later theologians do mm. and sort of um, uh, n- nails down the details. Mm. But the threeness and oneness of God comes mm. out beautifully clearly mm. um, and profoundly and what that means for us in, in, in all these chapters. I, well, yeah, I mean, looking a little, I, I always find this bit with, with Philip, the interaction with Philip. Philip mm-hmm. says, Lord, you know, show us the Father. And Jesus is like, don't you know me, Philip? Even if I've been yeah. with you, all the, I, there's a sense of like frustration and pain, maybe. Don't you know me? Don't, yeah. don't you know me? Like, I've been with you all this time. When you see me, you see the Father. The Father is in me. Mm. I'm in the Father. And he's really like, you know, if you, don't just believe because of I'm telling you then, just believe in what you're seeing. Like, understand yeah. this. Like, this is, I am one with the God, with mm. the Father. I am, you know, who I say I am. And I suppose, I mean, because you were saying just a moment before when we were talking about the difference between Christianity mm. and Islam, you, look at what Jesus says. Well, in here, yeah. in these passages, loud and clear, I'm God, yeah. is what he's saying. Yeah. Um, but more than just that I'm God, I'm one with the Father. And yeah. it, it, Yes. Um, I, I, I sort of, I, I, I'm sometimes thankful though for Thomas and Philip and the others because they, yeah, they do yeah. they do ask the questions that I'm thinking sometimes. Mm. Um, you know, we'd never have got "I am the way, the truth, and the life; no one comes to the Father except through me." Yeah. If Thomas hadn't been having a having yeah. a bad moment, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and Jesus is like, these words aren't just mine. You know, yeah. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the mm. Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least, then you know, at least yeah. believe in what the evidence. Look around mm. you. Can't you see? You know, and it's really like he's just clearly stating this. Anyway, let's go on to the next. Can, bit. can I can I just flag up one other thing because I mm-hmm. think there's a really, as you know, I've just made a whole series of, of films on prayer, right? And one of the things I've been reflecting on is is the, the final verse of the passage. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Yes, um, difficult. Um, and what does it? Well, well, what does that mean? Because I think people often see that as right. I can pray for anything, and God will give it to me. Mm. Um, and we, we maybe don't have time to dig into this in great detail. Maybe you should watch the film, episode two of our prayer series. Mm. Sorry, very cheeky plug. Um, but I think there's something that when we pray in Jesus's name, mm. that's not just praying. Um, that's not just praying for what we want. To pray in Jesus's name is to pray his agenda into being, to mm. pray on his authority, his power, mm. but also in submission to his will. And I, I just wanted to connect that verse with the next passage, the first verse of the next passage, where the first verse after you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it is if you love me, keep my commands. Mm. And then Jesus talks about obedience a lot in the passage to come. So it's like, what does it mean to pray in Jesus's name? It actually means to submit to him and to obey him and to follow his commands and his Mm. ways Mm. and to be like he is when he says i'm doing what the father tells me yeah we're to do what god what what jesus tells us and so prayer in jesus name is is not what we often think 
it is. This this pass this promise is not ask me for anything and I'll be a little slot machine. Yeah. And I'll I'll just give you what you want. Yeah. It's ask me for for anything if you're asking it as my representative in my name in in obedience to me. Yeah. Um and I think that's uh something I wanted to flag. Sorry to that's derail right. us. Let's just um We'll see if we get through to this passage. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives in you and will be with will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live in you. You also will live on that day. You will realize that I am in the father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and he will come to him and make up to him and make our home with him and we will come to him and to him and make our home with him sorry he who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me all this i have spoken while still with you but the counselor the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything i've said to you peace i leave with you my peace i give to you i do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid you heard me say i'm going away and i am coming back to you if you loved me you would be glad that i am going to the father for the father is greater than i I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world has to learn that I love the father and that I do exactly what my father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Oh my goodness. You could spend an hour on this <laughs> passage and it's coming towards the end, but a few things I want to draw out. Firstly, um, he is I will give you another counselor, which is interesting. Mm. So he's basically saying um, another advocate, referring to himself in a sense mm. as one advocate, yeah. and I will give you another advocate. Mm. Um, and so he's, it's like a second Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's mm. a, an addition to the person of Christ. I will give you another one like me, the Holy Spirit, um, which is again trinitarian kind yeah, of speak, and, and that's also described as. Um, um, if you love me, you obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Yes. So he's talking about we, the father and I. Yeah. But how do they do that? Through the Holy Spirit. Spirit yeah. So that again, it's it's very Trinitarian and, and you get the whole yes. Yeah. And and it's and, and in the Holy Spirit, we the Holy Spirit isn't some like sort of third third sort of party who's completely no, the Holy Spirit is is God himself coming yeah. to make his home with us yeah and i i love this like i will not leave you as orphans mm. you know I, and the sense of you know so many people walking around with i don't know the you know this i don't know if this is the right way to say it like a spirit of orphanhood like this rejection this 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 mm. sense of broken and isolated and rejection in themselves and you know part of the major work of the holy spirit you know or in a sense the primary work of the holy spirit is to bring you into this loving relationship yeah. between the father and the son in which you know you are a child of god mm. and it is it is in a sense this antithesis to an orphan it's like yeah. you are loved your place is in us you are you have a a purpose in that your purpose is to know the father and you are secure mm. in the father and you are just greatly loved and you know the point of christianity ultimately the point of all creation i suppose is to be united in this loving relationship mm. with god and that has been achieved for you through christ who's done everything in his life and death and resurrection and then you enter into that through the work of the holy spirit who draws you mm. into the victory of christ and you are found in him and you have a loving father who says you're his child and it's just like this beautiful understanding of you know this is who you are and um 
you are a child of God. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think sometimes we're very functional in our understanding of the Holy Spirit. We're like, the Holy Spirit is all about mm. the spiritual gifts, or the mm. Holy Spirit is the one who gives you power, and mm. all these things are true. Mm. But first and foremost, the Holy Spirit is God. Mm. And the, the primary work that the Holy Spirit does in our, our life is to bring us to God. Mm. And then lots of other stuff flows from that, and, the, mm. and that's amazing. But, but we mm. are... It, it, what you said mm. i think i mean there is so much more here but in some ways that's a beautiful yeah you know note to end on <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah i mean this passage is 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 wonderful it's just so life giving and affirming in the work of the spirit and um yeah as you kind of as we come to a close just yeah l- finishing on that point which is you know, the work of Christ, the love of Christ and the love of the Father is made present and known to you through the work of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, in us. And um, um, and yeah, I'll just let's let's finish there and I'll pray, pray that everyone listening would know that. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Um, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill the hearts of everyone. Um, listening and watching and I pray Lord that each of us would know that we are loved by you that we are a child of God loved and forgiven and yeah just brought into glory with with the Son through the Son in the Son we bless your name and I just pray your peace and blessing over everyone now in Jesus name Amen 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 thanks for listening thanks for watching and um, God bless you have a wonderful week Hey guys, this is Rev Chris. Uh, Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and been blessed. If you'd like to support me, then you can head to my Patreon and the link is in the bio. God bless.